Welcome, wonderful viewers, to the first real, real episode of Culture Shock slash Therapy. My name is Harmony Parker, parenthesis provost, and with me is my trusty co-host, the man I couldn't do this without. Hey, it's your boy, DJ Bitch. I'm sitting here with dry mouth. I forgot to drink water before the podcast. It, sorry for the stank. Uh, um, oh, oh, there's some there's some water right there. Wow. Ah, thank you. From an unknown patron. Yeah, like from an unknown sponsor that we can't really talk to right now here on the show. But I'm sorry, Harmony, for the stank. But yeah, we're just here. We're still uh, here in, uh, in, the, in old Georgia. And uh, yeah, we've been cooped up here, and uh, I uh, haven't gone crazy. I'm not sure about you. Well, you, you you have mentioned your your deep desire to just kind of go on that trail, that 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 long trail to where you don't know where it's going to go. Just keep walking one foot after the next. That is true. I mean, me being cooped up here, I just want to go on a trail and just you know just have like a shaman quest. Uh, you know, just a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge there to the uh, <clears throat> special listeners out there. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to keep my sanity. Sure, I see fractals every now and then, but oh well. But uh, enough about us. We have a very special, wonderful guest here. Uh, the, the man behind Junkhead, the, the modern day, the millennial renaissance man, the traveler. We here, we have Harry Slime. How you doing, Mr. Slime? I am doing excellent. How are you folks doing? We are, um, we're, we're decent. Uh, we feel a lot better now that we're podcasting. When we're not podcasting, we are husks of men. We just kind of lie on the ground and seep oil out of our crevices and uh, wait till the sun comes up. Yeah, I usually feel like ass. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm podcasting with an amazing guest at Dirt Voyeur, if uh, you're interested on his IG account, because it is one of the best IG accounts out there, by the way. Um, so I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, man. And this is actually, I'm going to let the listeners know, this is technically our second go at this. Uh, the first go, um, we really got to know you on that personal level. And now we're going to really make this about some culture shock therapy. We're going to give you some shock therapy, man. We're going to work through your issues, talk about appropriation, um, and just make sure your mental state is going to be okay for the rest of 2020. How does that sound? That sounds excellent. I can't wait to get, uh, we'll call it therapized by the Culture Shock Therapy podcast. That uh, is what I think I've been looking for in my life. Hell yeah. Okay, um, therapist DJ Bitch, um, I'll let you take the reins now with our, with our latest client, Slime. Uh, disclaimer here, I swear to God, we're certified. We went to college. Yeah. Yeah, I swear it was uh, for psychology. But anyway, how you doing, Mr. Slime? Like, how's life been treating you? Like, have, have you had any thoughts, like any culture shocks going around? Like, I know you're up there in Cincinnati, Ohio during the quarantine. Like, how you doing, bud? Like, anything anything that's ailing you? Well, being from Cincinnati, Ohio, and it being the fall season, obviously that means that football is back in action and a lot of major American cities, including mine. And once again, yet another year of the residents of Cincinnati and basically the equivalent of an abusive relationship with their football team, losing and losing every year, but coming back once again every year as if it's actually going to change 
or get better or different, even though nothing has ever been added or changed. It's a beautiful thing, really. It's 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 like uh, I would describe it as giving somebody the ability to see, but then immediately afterwards convincing them that those sunglasses that Kanye West used to wear in the two, mid-2000s are a good idea to help your sight. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh it's it's like a like a Sisyphean outrage, like constantly, you know, they they know their team's gonna lose constantly, but like they keep getting their hopes up. It it, it kinda I mean maybe it gives them, you know, some some sort of hope or something. I, I'm not I'm not too sure. Um, but I know with like football teams, I know people can get like really like uh like really tribal, like they, they can get really like a gang mentality about it, you know. So like and has there any been has there been any brawls out there? Any anything uh, interesting to talk about? Any tussles? No, no brawls that I have been made aware of so far. However, this weekend we are playing Pittsburgh, and if you want to put Cincinnati in a nutshell, um, take an absurd and irrational love of spaghetti with chili on top or getta and then just add an irrational hatred of pittsburgh and that's basically cincinnati so who knows the weekend we haven't got to the weekend yet mm. uh, mr slime since we're on the subject of violence and mayhem be honest with us uh we are your therapist for today did you get a lot of fights when you were young did, did you beat ass on the playground no, 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 no. I, I was a very, I was an Adderall kid in the nineties. So I was like super skinny. Now I wasn't scared of people cause I like played football sports, et cetera, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I've, I got into more fights like out of school, like as an adult than I did like in school. Interesting, interesting. So a, a, a grown-ass man getting in fights. Am I hearing this right, Mr. Slime? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would definitely, I was still very much a kid mentality. You know, it was definitely like 18, 19, 20, that kind of age. Um, you know, I'm not fighting people now. I'm, I, I just turned 30. Like at this point, it's, I'm more thinking about how much the fucking dental bill is going to cost. But... Uh, you know, like uh, that that kind of bad mixture of being full of piss and vinegar and cheap whiskey and, you know, you're just kind of and Ohio doesn't have much to do either. So at a certain point, it's like, well, I guess we're going to fight or fuck. Uh, uh, I want to choose fuck, but I guess we're going fight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, I okay. I know this isn't like a typical therapist thing to say, but sometimes remember the the NDA we signed. Okay, but I'm just, I'm <laughs> just gonna say, regardless of that, uh, this is some real stuff. Sometimes you gotta beat ass. As your th now, this is this is my prescription to you. It's some beat at. It's okay if you see some see some guy give me a look. Wham! Right, right in the kisser. You know that, that that's just coming from a, a certified therapist, mind you. I like that advice. I. I, I, I actually really appreciate a, a good scrap. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't want to do it nowadays, but there is something very good old boy about like 
a couple of fellas having an issue and going outside and taking care of it. And a lot of times, like, like I'll give you, you know, a lot of these fights that I had when I was like a younger man, you know, I mean, 15 minutes later, we're drinking a beer together or we're smoking a joint together or doing something like that. Like so many times, and maybe it was that era, you know, maybe things are too combative now, but a lot of times it would just end in us kind of being like, yeah, man, that was fucking stupid. Let's go get a beer or something. I know you've uh, been a world traveler um, during your temporary stay in the UK. Did you notice a different kind of culture around? There's that stereotype of the old pub brawl. It, it, did you find that kind of to be true or is yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. We, we have, let's take notes, CJ bitch. Oh, oh yeah. And part of it is, and I'm, you know, not the first person to notice this, but Stanhope, you know, kind of did put that into a good perspective of, you know, they have national health care. So it's not a big deal to go down to the doctor, get yourself fixed up after a good scrap. And, you know, it's no big deal where, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, you knock my tooth out. That's like $5,000. I'll be in debt for a while. for that. <laughs> Like, like, you know, like that's, that's what, that's another thing that worries me about fighting nowadays is like, once you get older, you realize the cost of that shit, like yeah. that shit, you get fucked up. It's, you'll be in debt for a while. Yeah. Um, when, when you're younger, you you know, you're worried about your looks. You're like, okay, I, I can have a couple scars, maybe a shiner, but don't get my mouth because my lips get really pu puffy if I get punched there. But now that you're older, you're like, oh no, I'm thinking of like, don't get any vital organs Stay away from the old liver. Uh, I got a week, some weak legs. So, so go for the chest, baby. That, that's my yeah. strong suit. Just a nice, just body shots all day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there is something to that? Like, okay, uh, disclaimer. Um, <laughs> culture shock slash therapy does not endorse violence. I do. <laughs> Hell yeah. But do Hell you, yeah, brother. Do you think there is something like, there's so much that word tension is it's thrown around this nation a lot. Do we just need to put down the guns and beat ass? I mean, mano a mano, uh, a womano, a, you know, it doesn't matter what gender you are, just putting up those, those two hands, your reptile limbs and just swing it. Is there something to that? Mr. Slime? I mean, you look, I, I mean, you look at like, I'll put it to you like this. I noticed when I was over in the UK that when I saw different fights, whether it be soccer hooliganism or just, you know, pub brawls or, you know, whatever the fuck it may be, uh, um, there's a certain amount of respect that comes with getting in a fight with another man, especially if there's no clear winner. It's one thing if you beat somebody's ass, that's, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but if you, if it's even most men respect like, Oh, you are capable. And I respect that. It's like a base animal thing. Now, We've got in this country specifically a lot of like unreleased anger 
that, you know, probably should be, you know, in that sense of like, hey, boys, why don't we just take it outside and throw some hands? You know, that probably would be a good idea. But my big thing. <laughs> Everyone's in like crutches the following week. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's that's like my thing that I worry about is like we get so into it that we just start killing each other. Yeah, yeah. Like we're just like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. And it's like, no, Barry, pull back. You're going to kill this guy. Like, yeah. come on, man. I, I do have the feeling, now I've never been to the UK, but I do have a feeling they'd be like, all right, chat, good scrap. And then they pat each other on the back, buy each other each a pint. But over here, we would we, we are those Americans to take it too far to where someone's going to pull out that knife. Someone's going to get shanked. Someone's going to get choked out. We, we, I feel like despite maybe other nations being a little more wacky and loose, we're the ones that ultimately don't know when to stop. I, I can agree with that. That's that's one of the big reasons uh, why I have such an issue with concealed carry for civilians is because they think that in a life or death situation, one, they're going to have the mental composure to be able to accurately, calmly, and professionally get their weapon out and then aim it down the sights and properly shoot the person that they're trying to shoot who's more than likely moving and not end up killing some rando civilian when you're trying to be the hero the goddamn day. But two, you... It's, it's one of those things where these items of death, these instruments to kill... Giving that power to just everybody is one thing, especially like when you see examples time and time again, especially in this country of, you know, like to you, you guys are, you know, from Georgia, I'll say I'm not going to drop your location or whatever, but King Vaughn, that was a street fight. And then all of a sudden somebody pulls out a fucking pistol and four yeah. people are dead. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and 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 like I I don't know if we would take the guns away if that kind of violence would stop because there's something in us that's just like when we get to that level it's like kill or be killed we've got to fucking just dog eat dog where I agree with you that's one of the nice things about soccer hooliganism is those guys will beat the living shit out of themselves in a town square and then go have pints twenty minutes yeah. later yeah discussion we were a little bit unable we were pressed for time we didn't get to touch on your love of of, of music and visual art quite as much um i noticed you you're on a roll with, with the visual work right now um do you notice a certain difference maybe in social cultures between when you were touring with your band versus when you're kind of collaborating with art artists maybe more remotely um what is what are some of the pros and cons for you man like what are the pros and cons just to clarify like what are the pros and cons of like kind of like online creativity versus like you know kind of in real life creativity just to make sure i understand that and also the the difference in culture between rock musicians and abstract artists because i'm assuming they're not oh the yeah i see i see i see my bad my bad okay well 
I mean, artists are weird, and I tend not to get along with artists. If I get along <laughs> with anybody in the create, yeah, like. <laughs> I tend to get along with like musicians because musicians are inherently nice because music for the most part is very collaborative. You need a drummer, you need a bassist, lead singer, guitarist, whatever. Whereas like, you know, that's one thing I really like about Eric Andre is he's been very open about the fact that like when you start out in comedy, everybody's a fucking prick and you just meet so many dark cynical people that are just heavy as fuck and like they just run on like hatred and pessimism and it's it, it can get real heavy so i do like some like comics and stuff like that but once they get super depressing i just kind of be like all right man that's all right cool i'll, I'll see you later Artists, whether it be like painters, abstract artists, uh, you know, sculptors, whatever the fuck it is, graphic designers, gra although graphic designers, I think, are not as bad about this, but they're a craft that in the exact opposite form of stand up requires you to spend all of your time in your bedroom getting better at painting or sculpting or whatever the fuck it is. So by default, you kind of lose social skills. You kind of lose the ability, and, I, and not saying completely, but it, 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 you can tell that people that do those types of things kind of struggle in certain aspects. They can't really like, what I like to say is uh, cross-click. Do you know what um, I mean by that? What, what is cross-click for the listeners out there? Cross clicks is when you can like hang out with everybody. You can hang out with the goth people. You can hang right. out with the metal people, the hip hoppers, whatever. Artists can't do that. Mm -hmm. They can hang out with like artists, maybe some musicians or stuff like that. But if you stick them around like non-creative people, they fucking, they implode. They, they can't handle that shit. They're not like a comedian who can kind of blend to the room and be like, okay, I need to be this now. Do you know what I mean? So they're not they're not as willing to compromise on different things of that matter. It's not even really about compromise as much as they're just they're not used to different types of things. They're very used to uh, stand up by its nature is very social. So you're meeting all different types of people doing art isn't really social. You don't have to be, you know, nice to people and you can still be a great painter. Whereas you, as a musician, you kind of got to be nice to people or you're kind of going to plateau with your skills. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like every, every, every musician, even if they do a solo act, they've spent time collaborating with other people to really hone their craft. And artists for me aren't very social. They're kind of, uh, they can be social, but for the most part, if I were to stereotype them, they tend to be quieter, a little bit more shy, a little bit more uh, odd and kind of uh, almost in like an autistic way where they're like a little confused on like social cues or like reading the room and stuff like that. That varies in like degree of like how bad it is. But I guess long story short, to answer your question, I tend to hang out more with like 
podcasters like stand-ups to a certain degree and like musicians and like i do not talk to artistic people at all <laughs> um so would you describe yourself as more of like a gallery guy or are you someone who kind of wants to are like and i mean this with all due respect after seeing your art uh you don't strike me as a kind of guy who's trying to sell prints and it, it doesn't seem like you're doing this for profit. Like, it seems like you're motivated by something more, uh, more within, something more pure. Am, am I correct in assuming that? Very correct. I, I you know, I, I am impulsively creative and I, 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 I now, ironically, I do have prints for sale of, of my artwork shout out folks if anybody wants to get those um i've mailed them actually to a couple of different places but i i i had a huge issue with people who were 18 19 and 20 and like who wanted to immediately jump into the creative field because i wanted people to like live a life and see what the world is before you start making fun of it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't follow that advice at all. <laughs> <laughs> I started at 16. I was telling people like, hey, this is why you shouldn't listen to George Bush, even though I can't vote. So <laughs> I, yeah. So, so, I guess like to, to long story short, that one, not to use that expression again, um, highly motivated by the art itself, by the creativity. Um, I have no desire to be rich. The most that I would like to be is to make 20 to $50,000 a year, something. And I'd be very happy with 20 K a year in my creativity, something to get me an apartment. I have a little bit of clout for my name. I have a little bit of respect to it. And I'm happy, dog. Okay, so so you would agree that like once maturity would grow into in con conjunction with like their art or whatever they want to do, because uh, I kind of did the same thing as you though. I, I did a, a waste five years in college. Um, I, I tried to get into the arts and like try to make a name for myself. But like as I'm older, I realized I have a better understanding of the world. And as a result, I think I could do something more, but I'm not too sure about that. But would you agree that like it is important? So like you said before, like, like, is it always the case that the art or creation grows with, um, I guess, with experience and maturity? A good artist, whatever type whether it be music, painting or whatever, or stand-up, podcasting, whatever it is, broadcasting, you're constantly evolving. Mm. Fuck anybody who wants artists to just keep putting out the same shit. Now, I'm all for developing a formula that's profitable. That's 100%. Of course you do that because you need to find a way to make – and I'm about to use some words that are very gross, but they're real. Your artistic product valuable to an entertainment marketplace. But at no time should you ever lose sight of the idea that 
this should come straight from the heart and it should be primarily motivated by such. Right, right, right. Okay, uh, I got another question for you. Uh, do you think uh, like YouTube, TikTok, do you think that's leading a lot of creators to go towards the more profitable route where like, oh, if you do uh, XYZ dance, you will make this amount of money and get this much clout. Or if you, uh, what, what, on YouTube, I guess the popular thing now is, uh, I guess, a reaction, reaction videos and stuff like that. Like, do you think um, that's really stifling creativity? And do you think it'll, we'll eventually come to a like quote unquote renaissance when it comes to online creations? I uh, see for me, I watched, you know, I, I was a 4chan guy back in the day and I got to see all of the beautiful creativity that the early meme boards, you know, created. And then I watched, I mean, 100% gangster about it. I watched troll faces go from being a weird joke on 4chan to being sold on t-shirts at Spencer's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was wild. It is, and, and going on record with this, the biggest art thief that's ever happened. Fuck that goddamn painting shit. Imagine the amount of money, clout, fame, and awareness that has been spread by the weird ideas of most likely autistic assholes on like 4chan and E-bombs world. Like an entire culture that just was bitten completely. So, I mean, to be mad real about it, I mean, I was like thinking about this in 2011, 2012, 2013. I, I think the, the cat's out of the bag. Pandora's box has been opened. Uh, you're going to have this avalanche of milquetoast, boring content that is made for the masses. And I think that the only thing that we can do as, and I'm going to use a word that's kind of old school, but I think it should kind of come back and, you know, be used in a more prevalent way. But we've got to create a viable underground network. Right. We've got to create a viable underground internet. And I don't mean like dark web or anything like that. I mean... And, and I think to a certain extent there is some of this, but you know, the, I see like on Twitter with like small streamers unite on Twitch and shit like that. And like, that's all, that's actually a really good idea, mm -hmm. you know, unionizing small individual creatives across the board so that you have like a larger capacity to reach audiences. It's a good idea. Really good idea. Uh, I just think that we need to keep, keep going with it so that like, you know, we, we get the audience that we want and deserve and, you know, can have, uh, you know, a lack of a better way to put it, a beacon of hope in that avalanche of shit material and content. Yeah. Um, and also like the huge problem is, uh, uh, the platforms themselves, like they really are shaping our culture, culture online. Uh, they tend with the algorithm, they're prioritizing certain type of videos, certain type of tweets or whatever that's on Instagram. So it's, we're not only just combating just like people making milquetoast stuff, but we're also combating, uh, not to sound, uh, not to sound like uh, too matrixy, but like we're kind of combating the system itself. So it's, it's, it's a really hard, 
Uh, did you see, speaking of that, did you see what Instagram did? Uh, what happened? Instagram has been blocking, like on Instagram, this is how I used to grow my account. Um, not that it's like a secret. A lot of people do this, but like <clears throat> you just go on like different hashtags that represent shit that's on your account. And you start liking different like pictures and it, like drags people to your account. They like your pictures. They follow your account. Your account grows. Instagram in the last couple of weeks, and it's still going on to this point, has limited the hashtags so you don't see the latest ones. You only see the top post and like obviously accounts that like with hundreds of thousands of followers with hundreds of thousands of likes so that like small individual like non-mainstream corporate brands or whatever get like any recognition at all. So like Instagram just straight up shut down a way for creatives to be able to connect with any other creative or fan in the Instagram platform. Damn. And, and you know what it's for? What? The election. That's uh, already over. Ah, uh, yeah, man. You hate to see it. Ah, uh, it's, it seems like it's one of those situations where like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, but in the, but in the, in the, in a creative sense, where like the more like profit heavy this um, bland milk toast shit, toast shit becomes, the more we suffer, where everyone suffers really. Mm-hmm. I, I I can definitely we we end up like spamming, like getting spammed, I should say, with like unnecessarily terrible shit, and then like. Kind of like to be in this realm, but to pivot off of it. But like, you ever been on like something and you see like an ad for like an Instagram account or a YouTube account and it's, it's, it's just something that is like so far removed from your actual likes that you just kind of wonder like, how the fuck did their algorithm get this for me? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes the algorithm like sometimes it'd be treating me well i'm not like i've seen some memes sometimes but a lot of the times it's just like random out of place stuff that usually has like a abnormal amount of views i for me it was i i don't know why but i have seen that like video of the dude who hypnotizes people on instagram like so many so many fucking times Ooh. Uh, Mr. Slime, it, it does appear that um, your insurance company has, has paid for only the allotted time. So regardless of your mental state, we, we are going to have to ask you to leave and, of course, schedule another session with myself and, and DJ Bitch. Um, did, we, did we cure your illness today? And would you like any heavy medication? Uh, you you w were working towards curing my illness. I will. I love heavy medications. Give them all to me. And three, um, you guys better clip that last thirty seconds of me doing that fucking uh, hypnotized joke and use that as the promo for the episode. <laughs> we'll have to talk to our sponsors about that, Mister Slime. <laughs> Tell them to holler at the boy. I'll settle this shit. <laughs> um, but um, in all seriousness, thank you so much. 
uh, Dirt Voyeur, Harry Slime, for coming on this first official episode of Culture Shock slash Therapy. We were inspired to do this podcast because of the moves we've been making with you ever since we met. So this is for you, man. You had to be our first guest. Um, Any links you want to give to the people? We're, of course, going to put a good bunch of stuff in the description, but any anything they should look forward to in the immediate future? Um, Keep 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 your eyes open and your ears for the new junkhead episodes we're always putting those out we just came out today with the outcast files episode where we're doing a nice little review of the outcast albums z is going to be uh doing one on like different metal albums with me so keep Keep your eyes and ears open for all stuff related junkhead. And I mean, he said it multiple times on the episode, but follow me at Dirt Voyeur. That's like central place for all my creative projects. Like I guarantee you will find everything you're looking for on there and can be linked off to other places from such. Thank you so much. And thank you listeners for joining us. We hope you got your shock therapy today. Any last words? therapist dj bitch well um well mr slime uh see me after the show for uh you know i got some <clears throat> some ads on deck but like yeah uh, uh it's been nice having you and um uh, yeah thanks for coming on hope you enjoyed your shock therapy